Everlast. Hello. We are excited tonight. Amen. Uh, well, my name is Tina. If I don't know you, hi. I am, uh, hey, love it. Uh, I am the young adults coordinator here at Everlast and am also married to Kevin, who is our young adult pastor. And uh, he is awesome. He's awesome. Uh, and if you're joining us for the first time tonight, welcome. We are glad that you are here. Uh, we would just encourage you after the service, head to the Life Center. We have free gifts, free coffee, fun things for you there. So please uh, grab that gift from us after the service. And tonight, we are continuing in our series called The Ropes. And uh, this is our heart and prayer behind this series is that through the teaching of God's word, uh, we can equip you, remind you, and resource you by showing you some of the ropes to our Christian faith. And uh, if you were not here with us a couple of weeks ago, uh, Kevin taught us the ropes of sharing our faith, what it looks like to share our beliefs of the Christian faith to others. And if you missed that, you can check that out on our podcast. Uh, that teaching is up for you to listen to. So tonight, uh, as we look to God's word, we are going to be showing you the ropes of prayer. Uh, we're going to be answering questions like, what is prayer? What is the point of prayer? How do we pray? Why should we pray? Even answering like, questions like, do you enjoy praying? These are all questions we're going to be hitting on tonight. And let me just give you our hope and our prayer for you this evening. Our prayer for you is simply this, that you would leave here tonight and your prayer life would be radically changed as you seek to enjoy Jesus through prayer. That, that is our heart and prayer for you tonight. Because the truth of the matter is, all of us in the room tonight are at different places when it comes to our prayer life. That none of us have arrived, right? So we should all desire for God to continually increase our prayer life, amen? So if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. With that, we're going to be in several passages of Scripture tonight, uh, but this is our catalyst verse for this evening. So Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Let's read that, and then uh, we're going to pray and dive in. Colossians 4, 2 says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Let's pray. Well, Father, we, uh, Father, we come before you tonight. God, we ask, um, God, we ask that you would move in our midst. Lord, we thank you um, that all of us are here tonight by your grace and mercy. God, we ask that you would bless tonight. God, we ask that you would speak to us tonight. And God, we ask just that. Father, we ask that tonight that you would open our eyes to see what your word has to say on prayer. And that in that, that we would leave tonight and our prayer life would radically change because of enjoying you through prayer. God, I pray that you would help us to realize that prayer is not just a duty, but it is a delight. That, that we get to talk to you, Father. And so, God, I pray that you would use tonight for your glory. God, I pray that you would speak through me. 
God, I ask um, that you would hide me behind the cross. Lord, I pray that you would remove distractions tonight. God, we need you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now let's talk about what just happened. I said, let's pray. And then I opened us in prayer. We then talked to the Father. We thanked him. Uh, I asked him to bless tonight and that he would speak to us. And then we closed in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. And in that brief moment, we prayed to God. Or in other words, we simply talked with God. Now, other than just now, I want you to think about when was the last time you prayed? When was the last time you prayed? Was it today? Yesterday? Uh, Maybe the moment right before you walked into the doors? When was the last time you prayed? Or how often do you pray? Daily? Weekly? Maybe when you just need something? And then I want you to think about what do you pray about? What do you communicate to God? What do you ask of God? What do you talk to God about? What was your last prayer request to God? And then how long do you usually pray for? Five minutes? Ten minutes? Ten seconds? An hour? How long do you typically pray? And then where do you pray? In your car? Your bedroom? at home in that perfect little specific spot that you have, where do you pray? Everlast, what I'm really asking is, what does your prayer life look like? What does your prayer life look like? And I want you to really think about that question. And if you could even just sum it up in one word, answering, what does my prayer life look like? How would you answer that? Challenging? Difficult? Maybe for you, it's the fact that every time you pray, you're distracted, right? Your mind starts to wander and you can't focus. And it's just difficult. Uh, Maybe for you, it's non-existent. You, You can't remember when the last time you prayed was. Or maybe for you, that word is boring. Like if I'm gonna describe my prayer life, that word is boring. You're honestly sitting here tonight bored that we're even talking about prayer that you wish tonight would have been on a different topic, right? You, you've got your, some, some apathy in your heart towards prayer. Maybe for you, it's cynical. You're, you're cynical towards prayer. You pray, but there's some doubt in your heart when you pray because God hasn't answered your prayers or didn't answer your prayers in the way that you wanted him to. And so every time you pray, there's this little voice of, what's the point? Is he even listening? And there may be some of you in the room tonight who would answer, great. You pray often. It's something that is a priority for you. You you pray for others more than you pray for yourself. You pray the kingdom uh, over your desires and your wants. And if that is you, that's awesome. I pray that tonight the Lord would use this to just encourage you all the more. Everlast, what does your prayer life look like? And this is such an important question for us to ask ourselves because if you are a believer in the room, it is impossible to overstate how important your prayer life is. Prayer is an essential part of the Christian life. In fact, the Bible mentions prayer over 300 times 
including both descriptions of people praying and instructions for us to pray. I love how Martin Luther described the importance of prayer. He said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible to be alive without breathing. Let's sit sit on that for a second. To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible to be alive without breathing. Meaning to say you have a relationship with God, but no communication with him is like being alive without breath in your lungs. It's not a thing. It's impossible. Prayer is so important to our relationship with God that scripture says in 1 Thessalonians, we are to pray without ceasing. You want to talk about emphasizing the importance of prayer? That that scripture goes as far as to say you are to never stop praying. That prayer is so essential, it's something that you should continually be, that should continually be happening all day, every day. And that's a lot of praying. Clearly for the believer, prayer is essential. But why? Why is it important? Because listen, if you came into the room tonight and your prayer life is lacking, knowing the why we should pray But why prayer really matters is going to be a great place for us to start. If you don't know why it's important, then there's no reason as to why you should pray. And so why should we pray? Why does our prayer life really matter? One, the Bible commands us. If you're taking notes, why is it important to pray? The Bible commands us. Romans 12.12 says, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Ephesians 6.18 says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. Philippians 4.6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Why is it important to pray? Because the Bible commands it. And not only does it command us, but God expects us to. Excuse me. Matthew 6, 5 starts off and says, and when you pray. I love that, right? It doesn't say if you pray or if you want to pray. It says, but when you pray. It's this expectation that this is something as a believer you should already be doing. The Bible commands us to pray. And listen, if we aren't praying we're disobeying God. If you're a believer in the room and you're like, man, I don't, I don't really pray. One, you're totally missing out. Two, you're going against what God says to do, right? Prayer is not this lackadaisical thing of, I don't know, maybe I will, maybe I won't. I got a lot of stuff to do today. Everlast, if you need one reason, and I'm about to give you two more, but if you just needed one reason why prayer is important and why it matters, it's because God says, God says to. For us as believers, that should be enough to be like, done. God commands us to. Secondly, why is it important? Because Jesus prayed. He prayed publicly. John eleven forty one through 42 says, so they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. 
John 17, one says, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Not only did he pray publicly, but he also found it important to pray privately, to, to get alone with the father. Mark 1.35 says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Luke 5.16 says, But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Why should we pray? Why is it important to pray? Because Jesus prayed. And if Jesus found it necessary to pray, then so should we. Reason number three why we should pray. And this one I'm going to spend a little bit more time on. Reason number three, why we should pray. Because without Christ, we can do nothing. And that includes prayer. If you want to know why praying is so essential and why we should be praying, it's because Jesus made a way for us to pray. Prayer is a gift. That the only reason, believer, you and I were able to pray earlier to God before we even started the teaching is because of Jesus. That the reason we get to enter into God's presence is because of the sacrificial blood of Christ. Ephesians 2.13 explains this when it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Everlasting, we get to draw near to the Father. We get to have access to the Father. We get to pray to the Father who answers us and hears our prayers. We, we get to do this only because of the atoning death and continuing advocacy of Jesus. It is only because of Christ. Otherwise, we could do nothing. And that includes prayer. And let me just give you an example. When I worked on staff back in Texas in our student ministry, uh, our youth pastor was in the middle of teaching. He's in the middle of teaching. He has a daughter named Lainey who's like at the, this point two to three years old. And so we're sitting in the back watching him teach and uh, I'm sitting in the back with the leaders and we see Lainey make her way up to the stage. Uh, the mom was not paying attention to Lainey. We'll just say that. So she's making her way up to the stage to dad and what's great is we're all watching this and none of us are intervening. Like we're just watching to see what takes place. So she makes her way up to the stage and she looks up at uh, the, our youth pastor and she raises her hands for him to pick her up. And he's in the middle of teaching. And so he stops, looks down at her, picks her up, and then holds her and just continues on with the teaching. And then eventually his wife realized what took place and grabbed her. But what I love about that is in that moment, Lainey believed she had complete and full access to her dad. It didn't matter what he was doing. She interrupted the entire message because she knew she could go to her dad. And Everlast, don't miss this. Because of Jesus, it is the same with us. We have full and complete access to the Father. For those who have a relationship with Jesus, we can now come to the Father in prayer. We can enter into his presence, walk fully up to the stage and into his arms because the veil has been completely torn and Jesus is now our great high priest. Hebrews 4.16 says, we can have confidence then and approach God's throne where there is grace. There we will receive mercy and find grace to help us when we need it. And Everlast, when we fully grasp this, that this starts to change our prayer life. 
that being able to pray to the Father and enter into his presence is a gift to us. Listen, it's not something that is a privilege because you're human. It's because of the sacrifice of Jesus that he chose to bear the cross on your behalf to take on your sin. And in that, through the death of Jesus, we are now reconciled back to the Father. And in that, we can freely approach him, talk with him, pray to him, enjoy him, all because of Jesus. Everlast, prayer is a gift. It is a privilege of knowing Christ. I love how John Piper talks about this when he defines prayer. He says, Prayer is the open admission that without Christ, we can do nothing. Prayer is an expression of faith in God's power fueled by a desire for more of him. Everlast, when we pray, it is us acknowledging that without Christ, this wouldn't even be possible, but it is. And because of that, prayer is this expression of faith in God's power, which should fuel this desire for more of him to want to pray to him, that that's why we should pray. This is why it is so important to have a prayer life. It's important to have a prayer life because we get to, thanks to Jesus. And knowing that starts to not only transform our prayer life, but it, it allows us to start to actually enjoy prayer. It's not, just, uh, it's not just that we should have a prayer life, and yes, it's important to have a prayer life, but our prayer life should be one that is also enjoyable. And if that doesn't get you like excited and amped up, that there's a major problem that's going on there. And let me just ask you this question. Do you enjoy praying? Honestly, is prayer something that you look forward to? Think about that for a second. Think about the things that you look forward to, that the things you enjoy doing, uh, whether that's going to a movie, hanging out with friends, whatever it may be, think about that. Because what you enjoy, you are going to make time for. It's going to be a priority. It's something you can't wait to do. Uh, Kevin and I have a trip coming up here in a few weeks. And let me just tell you what the last couple of months has looked like for us. It is us talking daily about this trip. It's us constantly watching YouTube videos of where we're going to yes, learn more, but also just to get more excited for the trip. Right, we have everything planned out to a T. We're so excited that we'll even remind each other, guess what? Two Fridays and we're going. It's going down, right? We, we are excited, we can't wait. I'm so excited, I told Kevin the other day. I was like, Kevin? He's like, what? And I'm like, I'm sad. And he's like, why are you sad? And I was like, because I've been so looking forward to this trip that I'm already grieving it ending, right? <laughs> now I know that's probably sad in itself, but it's because we're so eager, we're excited, we're looking forward to this trip. And when you enjoy something, you talk about it, you plan for it, you make time for it. And let me just ask you, does that resemble your prayer life? Did you enjoy prayer to that extent? Like, I can't wait to spend time with the Father. I can't wait to talk to Him. And listen, God meant for prayer to be more of a delight than a duty. And I think this is why a lot of us as Christians find prayer to be hard. We don't enjoy it like we should. Instead, it becomes this task-oriented or redundant uh, to-do list of things when it's really meant to be enjoyed. I love how Ian Bounds put it so eloquently. He said, prayer should not be regarded as a duty, which must be performed, 
but rather as a privilege to be enjoyed, a rare delight that is also revealing some new beauty. Do you see prayer that way? And if you don't see prayer like this, and you don't find it enjoyable, everlast, there's a reason as to why. And I wanna give you three. Three reasons as to why prayer is not going to be enjoyable for you. This is obviously not an exhaustive list, but maybe out of the three, if you walked in here tonight, not really amped up about prayer, hopefully you'll be able to relate to some of these. First reason, if you are not enjoying prayer, is because you may have a misconception of God. A misconception of God. Meaning, you have an incorrect view of who God is. How you see God and view God does not line up with his word and what his word tells us about who he is. And if you have the wrong view of God, then your prayer life is going to be affected by that. Let me just give you an example. If my view of God is small, then my prayer life is gonna be small, right? I'm not gonna pray big prayers because I don't really think he could answer that. So I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna play it safe and just ask these uh, for smaller things that I want and desire and just hope that maybe he'll give me those things. And yet Psalm 147, five says, great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. And continuing in verse eight, it says, he covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth. He makes grass grow on the hills. Our God is huge. He's not small. And yet oftentimes because of our incorrect view of him, we therefore pray as if he is. A quick story, Kevin uh, brought up our trip from Africa two weeks ago when he taught on sharing uh, your faith. And I've shared this uh, story here before, but at the time that we were in Lesotho, what Kevin didn't mention uh, is that uh, they were in a complete drought. It hadn't rained for months. And so uh, rain is something that the Lesotho people need, right? This is their livelihood. This is how they get water to drink. This is how they eat for the rain for crops to produce, right? This is how they get clean. Rain is essential uh, for them. And so, uh, again, it's been months, been a drought. We go to uh, one of the villages, and Jim, who Kevin shared about last week, uh, was teaching the gospel. He was sharing the good news of Jesus. And so he presents the message, and at the end of the message, he goes, okay, does anyone want a relationship with Jesus? Does anyone want to accept Jesus? And y'all, no one. I mean, it was like crickets. No one's raising their hand. They're just looking at him. And so he goes, okay, well, we're going to pray and ask the Lord to bring rain today. Keep in mind, there's been a drought for months, right? There's no rain cloud in the sky. It is sunny as I'll get out. And he says, we're going to pray today that Jesus will bring the rain. And when he does, you will know that Jesus is the one true God. And then he leaves. And we're like, okay, go on to the next village. So we go to the next place. And at this point, one of our other leaders is teaching the message. And I am sitting while she's teaching the message in the midst of like a hundred first and second graders. Kids are great. A lot of kids. First and second graders. And I'm sitting there listening to the message. And all of a sudden, I feel something wet on the back of my neck. And I'm like, what is that? And then I feel it again. And I'm like, what? These kids are spitting on me. That's what it is. No joke. 
the prayer he prayed earlier did not cross my mind. I thought, I can't believe these kids are spitting on me. And then all of a sudden, I feel it harder and harder and harder. And I look up and it is starting to rain. And I run over to Jim. I'll never forget this moment. I run over to Jim and I'm like, Jim, dude, it's raining. And he looks up at me and says, yeah. As if he's in shock that I'm in shock that it's raining. Because you see, Jim's view of God was big. So his prayer was big. My view of God was small. And so my prayers are small. And I love this story because it just goes to show how you view God is going to affect your prayer life. You're going to, and you're also going, you're, sorry, you're not going to enjoy prayer when your view of God is incorrect. Or let's just say you have the incorrect, uh, let's just say you have the incorrect view and your view of God is condemning and a wrathful God towards you as believer because of your sin. If you incorrectly view him in that way, then you will not be able to freely approach God or be honest and real before God, confessing sin, because instead of receiving grace, you believe you will receive a rod. And that's the incorrect view of God. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Psalm 103.12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Romans 8.1, we just sang it, therefore there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. How you view God will impact your prayers to him. So I would ask you, if you aren't enjoying prayer, if you aren't enjoying praying, how are you viewing the God that you are praying to? Do you view him by what his word says or what you wrongly think it says? Everlast, we enjoy prayer when we have a right and correct view of God. Secondly, if you aren't enjoying prayer, it's probably because of distractions. And we can all name a few of those right now. Ready? Netflix, phones, social media, dating apps, friends, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, spouse, work, kids, and that's just to name a few. Now, obviously, a few of those things are good things, but those good things can still distract us from spending time and enjoying Jesus through prayer. And Everlast, we live in a world today where distractions are all around us. We are consumed with distractions, and those distractions are pulling at us left and right. Our phones are one of those distractions that is constantly pulling at our attention. They are fully integrated into the daily rhythm of our lives. Never offline, always within reach, never more connected than we are now, and yet we are more distant and have never been more distracted than ever. Those distractions at times then entice us to the point that we would rather be spending our time doing those things or on our phone than spending time in prayer. And those distractions are giving us this false impression that those things will bring you joy, but in reality will only leave you in the end feeling empty and craving something more. What is distracting you? What is keeping you from spending more time at the feet of Jesus in prayer? I love the story of Martha and Mary. A lot of us know it, if not all of us in the room. We find it in Luke chapter 10. 
Jesus comes, enters into Martha's home, and it says Martha was distracted. But Mary, on the other hand, didn't care about the dishes or the mess or what needed to be done. She realized who was in front of her, and instead of being pulled and distracted by those things, she sat at the Lord's feet. And in verse 41, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Everlast, what distractions are we making necessary instead of the one thing that is necessary, spending time with the Father? Now, am I saying, let your dishes pile up? Don't spend time with family. Don't be a good spouse. Don't be a good fiance. Don't be a good steward of your home. No, that's not what Jesus is communicating here. What he is communicating is that there are a lot of distractions, both good and bad, that we make necessary when sitting at the feet of Jesus should be our necessary. Everlast, if you aren't enjoying prayer, what is it that might be distracting you? We enjoy prayer when we aren't consumed with distractions, but instead consumed with Jesus. Lastly, if you are taking notes, one of the reasons why you might not be enjoying prayer is because of how you are praying. And this is a big one, one that we're gonna spend the remainder of our time on. Because how you are praying matters. How you pray will either allow you to truly enjoy and delight in prayer, or will make prayer a task-oriented, redundant, and boring thing. How are you praying? Uh, there are a couple things I wanna propose. The first one is when it comes to prayer, or when it comes to how you're praying, is this. Are you praying to seek the gift or praying to seek the giver? So often when we come to God, we only come to him when we need him to do something for us, and then we present him with our request list of things we want him to answer, and then we're done. And listen, if that is the extent of your prayer life, prayer is never going to be enjoyable if that's all that you're doing. Because God is an intimate God, right? He wants a relationship with you. He wants to spend time with you as your father and as your friend. And if we're only going to him for him to grant our requests, then listen to this. The then what our actions are really showing, if I'm just going to God to present him my list of requests, then what my actions are showing is that what I am wanting is a genie and not a relational God. And listen, that may seem kind of harsh, but the reality is God isn't a genie, so we shouldn't pray like he is one. Everlast, how are you praying to God? Well, what do you talk to God about? What does your conversation with him look like? Because if, it, if all it is is just a list of your personal wants and desires, you're missing out on the purpose of prayer, which is getting more of God. Prayer is not finally about getting things from God, but actually getting God himself. When we go to God in prayer, our priority should be getting more of him. And let me just ask this question. When is the last time you went to the Father just to enjoy the Father? When is the last time you spent time in prayer just because you wanted more of Jesus? And listen, this is a great question to ask because it should reveal what we want more of, the gifts or the giver. Now, let me just clarify this because 
I don't want you leaving here tonight and saying, Tina said it's bad to ask for things and I can never ever ask God for anything anymore. That is not what I'm saying. It's a great thing to want God's gifts and to ask for them. In fact, most prayers in the Bible are for the gifts of God. Scripture says in Matthew 21, 22, if you believe you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. First John 5, 15 says, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have asked what we asked of him, right? God wants us to present our prayer requests to him. But ultimately, every gift should be desired because it shows us and brings us more of him. That's why it shouldn't surprise us to find that prayer is not finally about getting things from God, but getting God himself. Yes, ask God things, big things, lots of things. But in asking those things, would we ask that God would be our joy and that we would get more of himself? Again, Everlast, how are you praying? Secondly, when it comes to that question of how are you praying is, how are you spending your time praying? How are you spending your time praying? And there are two ways we spend our time praying. It is either casual or formal. And here's what I mean by that. Casually is like the verse we talked about earlier in Thessalonians, to pray without ceasing, right? It's the continual prayer throughout the day, the on-the-go type prayers, right? While you're driving, cooking dinner, at work, it's that constant communication with God. And that's a good thing. Like we should be, we should be doing that. The problem, however, is if that's all that you're doing, then your prayer life is gonna be insufficient and not enjoyable. You need both casual and formal. Formal in the, in the sense that you are getting away, alone, some real focus time with just the Father. It's important that we do both. Because if it's just casual, there's no depth. Right? That, that would be like you at work quickly going to say hi, hi to someone, popping your head in their office and say, hey, how are you doing this morning? Good, great. Shutting the door, going back into your office. And then if someone were to ask you, oh, do you have a deep relationship with them? Are you super close with them? You're like, no, we're really just acquaintances. Like I, I stop by every now and then and say hi. And then maybe sometimes I ask them what they want for, for lunch, but it's pretty casual. And if we're doing that with our prayer life, it's not gonna be sufficient or enjoyable for that matter. There's not gonna be much depth. And Jesus, as we read earlier, was constantly, constantly sneaking off to get alone and to pray with the Father. Luke 5, 16 again says, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Again, if Jesus found it necessary to get alone with the Father, then so should we. We should create space to have dedicated time with the Father. And I would just encourage you to pick a time and a place because if you don't plan it, it's not gonna happen. Pick a time and place where distractions won't come into play and just talk with them, right? This should be a time where the real you is meeting the real God. It's not this fake you. It's not the you that has a thought that comes through your mind and if it was made public, you would be mortified. No, this is the time coming to the Father with those thoughts and feelings, and simply talking with him. Philippians 4, 6 uh, is just a really great verse to follow. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And, and when we pray, it should consist of these things. It's a great verse to look at. This is what it should consist of. Uh, spelt it out and pray, worked out well. Praise and adoration unto God, 
repentance and confession of sin to God, asking of and requesting of God, and your thankfulness unto God. That's a really great place to start. And if you are doing those four things, that takes time, right? You can't do those by a drive-by or on-the-go type prayers. That's why you need both casual and formal. And lastly, when it comes to prayer and how you're praying, third point is this. Do you have a devoted prayer life? Do you have a devoted prayer life? Colossians 4.2 says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Uh, that word steadfastly is translated as devoted. And that word devoted is defined as a constant state of relentless pursuit. Everlast, do you pray in a constant state of relentless pursuit? That, that no matter what comes of my day, uh, what gets in my way, my prayer life is unchanged. I am 100% devoted. And nothing is gonna stop me from praying. I love how Martin Luther exemplified this. He said, I have so much to do today that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. You wanna talk about a man who is devoted to prayer? The more he had to do that day, the more time he spent in prayer. And I know for me, that's challenging, right? Because at times, prayer never feels like it's the most important thing to do, right? We have our to-do lists, our busy schedules that we have to get done, and therefore, prayer falls by the wayside, right? It doesn't seem at times like it's the most important thing to do. And listen, this happened to me just last week. I was preparing for this message. I was preparing for the teaching. I'm like really focused, honed in, and I can see Kevin coming uh, my way. And he comes over, and I look up at him, and this is just, is just some, uh, we're gonna be doing a dating series next month, but let me just give you a preview. This is what you don't do in marriage. He comes up, and I give him this look of like, I need you to go away, you're distracting me, can't you see that I'm trying to prep a message to talk about God, right? It was not, and I'm making that light, it was really not a pleasant look. And he, he realizes, and he's like, I was just coming over to pray which made me feel, you know, uh, awesome. And, uh, and then he starts to pray. And here's what's crazy. As he's praying, I'm going to be honest with you, I wasn't all in. I almost had this mentality of like, man, I really wish he would hurry up because I'm only on the intro and I have a long way to go. And do you want, do you want to know what the most important thing was in that moment? It wasn't getting back a few minutes of my time to continue writing the message for tonight. It was prayer. This message wouldn't have even happened if there was no prayer. And yet in that moment, it didn't feel like it was the most important thing to do. We have so much to get done throughout the day. We are so busy, things stack up, and prayer can seem like in those moments, it's not the most important thing to do. So we finish our to-do list and hopefully we will pray later. Yet Martin Luther understood the importance of prayer. He was a man devoted to prayer. He had the right mentality of, if I have, to do, if I have more to do, then I have more praying to do. And that is what Paul is saying here in Colossians. We are to be believers who are devoted to prayer. Believers who live their lives in a constant state, a constant state of relentless pursuit when it comes to prayer. That, that we are so devoted to prayer, it defines us. It's who we are. Charles, Charles Spurgeon, 
is, uh, was a well-known preacher back in the 1800s. And he was so gifted in teaching, he was known as the Prince of Preachers. Imagine that to be said about you. Prince of Preachers. Princess of Teachers, right? But even as the great teacher he was, it was known that he was a better prayer than he was a preacher. He was so devoted to prayer that his life was defined by it. And I think that's something, uh, I think that should be something we all aspire uh, for that to be said about us. That, that we are so devoted to prayer that our lives would be defined by it. That then when people look at us, they don't just see, wow, like, dude, she's such a good singer, super gifted, talented, but her prayer life is insane. Man, he is so smart, great engineer, but you should see his prayer life. It's astonishing. We should aspire to live in such a way that our life is defined by prayer. Theologian J.I. Packer said, I believe that prayer is the measure of the man spiritually in a way that nothing else is. Everlast, is your life defined by prayer? Are you devoted to prayer? Prayer is a gift to us that is meant for us to enjoy Jesus, to know him more, to delight in him more, for us to interact with the living God, to talk to him and just to get to spend time with him. Prayer is this privilege and honor and availability for believers of us having God's ear. Like as believers, we get the living God's ear. That's crazy. And in having God's ear, prayer is ultimately more about us having more of him. C.S. Lewis said, prayer in the sense of petition, asking for things, is a small part of it. Confession and penitence are its threshold. Adoration its sanctuary. But listen to this. The presence and vision and enjoyment of God, it's bread and wine. He's saying God is the savory part of prayer. It's the part of prayer we should most enjoy and delight in. John Piper said the great purpose of prayer is that God would be our joy. And listen, we've talked a lot tonight about why it's important to pray, why prayer, maybe prayer isn't enjoyable for you or how it can be more enjoyable. But at the end of the day, it's not so much about the talking as it is who we get to talk to. If you walked in here tonight and your prayer life hasn't been enjoyable, our prayer for you tonight is that you would seek to enjoy Jesus in your prayer life and in that your prayer life would radically change. We are commanded to pray. We should pray because we get to pray because of Jesus. And God meant for prayer to be an enjoyable thing he created so that we would commune with him. Everlast, would we be a ministry, a people of prayer who not, are, who not only are devoted to prayer and whose lives are defined by it, but who also enjoy it because of the one we get to pray to. Amen?